used Instagram every day for the last three years and you've built up a following, you'd think if I took a week off, suddenly all that work's going to disappear. So it was in a way it was saying, it's not, the world's going to still be there and actually you'll have time to do things that you might not have done before. The idea of a social media detox is one that has grown in popularity of late. You might even have tried it yourself. But could you imagine a university shutting down their feeds and going dark on social? Well, as it happens, one institution did exactly that. In January 2019, De Montford University in Leicester stayed off social media for six days in the lead up to Blue Monday. In this episode, I speak to DMU's press and PR manager Chris Thundow to find out what happened and what they learned from it. From the Access platform, he's Chris, I'm Dave, and this is Inspiration on Tap. My name's Chris Thundo. I'm the Press and PR Manager at De Montford University, uh, which basically means that with my team, uh, we look at how we can promote the university through national, uh, international and local media. Well, Chris, thanks for taking the time and uh, welcome to the podcast. It's, it's great to have you on. Um, we're here to talk about the DMU's Digital Detox, which happened earlier in the year. But before we get, we'd like to start these conversations, just getting a bit of a background of my guests. So what's, what's your career background? How did you end up doing what you do at DMU? Um, well, I was a journalist at uh, a local paper, the Derby Telegraph, for um, about five years. And that was kind of my uh, introduction into media. And I suppose, ultimately, what I've always loved about um, media is storytelling. And uh, I found that I was getting a little frustrated at the local paper. The opportunities to do that that thing started to become less. It was a little bit more commercialised. So I moved into PR a little bit, sort of hesitantly at first, because I wondered if it would be too, uh, too kind of marketing driven. But actually, working here at the university, my job with my team is to find great stories from around the university and tell them, tell them as creatively and as entertainingly and kind of engagingly as possible. So it's all the stuff I loved. Um, but potentially with a little bit more job security. Great. And in terms of great stories to tell, I mean, this digital detox that the university undertook back in January of 2019, it's it's certainly up there of interesting stories and it got a lot of coverage. Um, so the crux of it was basically that your the university's social accounts basically went dark for, for six days in, in the build-up to, to Blue Monday. Um, where did that idea come from? Uh, it's something that we talked about as a team a couple of times, almost slightly kind of fantastically, really, sort of thinking, wonder what would happen if you did this, you know, but knowing that you couldn't really realistically risk that kind of thing. And then um, our then vice chancellor, uh, Dominic Shellard, he kind of had the idea to do it on his personal account. He was a, a kind of prolific Twitter user and um, he kind of found it to be quite positive. And so we kind of worked together on this idea that we could actually do it organization-wide and uh, I guess once we got over the sort of fear factor and thought actually yeah let's do it it became a really exciting experiment I suppose. And was it was it fairly long in the planning? It was it wasn't that long I think it's rather than planning it's more about um, having the courage to actually do it Mm -hmm. and getting enough people to sort of agree in principle so that there can be this kind of theoretical thing where people, you know, senior leaders say, oh, yes, that's interesting. And then then you kind of have the discussion and you realise that, you know, social media is such a huge part of the business model. And they kind of realise that you're taking away that for a week. They suddenly seem slightly less enthusiastic, but kind of so it was kind of getting everyone on board and realising that this was an opportunity to kind of maybe 
if not lead the sector, at least kind of catch the attention of the sector and try something interesting. Was it difficult to to get that permission to actually do it, or did it did the fact that you had the person at the top thinking it was a good idea did, did that ultimately? Yeah, help? I mean certainly that helps. Um, and you know, Dominic was a, a, a like I say, a prolific Twitter user, but um, I think it was uh, it was really kind of the slightly contagious feeling that you were trying something a little bit new and the slight excitement that that would bring. And coupled with, we'd kind of reached, uh, built a slightly kind of a new rebrand of the um, well-being services that we have here at the university called Healthy DMU. And so we kind of, and then it was kind of Blue Monday. Just a few things came together and we thought, actually, yeah, this would be a good time to do this. Mm-hmm. Now, people listening to this who perhaps perhaps missed the campaign or, or perhaps haven't um, aren't familiar with all of the details of it, they might be thinking, okay, it's a campaign, you're the PR manager. This feels just like a bit of a, a PR stunt. But it, it was a lot more than that, wasn't it? I mean, there, there were real concerns about the effect of social media usage on mental health of young people that, that you were really trying to highlight with this. Yeah, I think, I suppose a good piece of PR fundamentally has a stunty nature, or at least it, it sh- should try and catch people's attention. So we understood that element of it the simple novelty of a big organisation turning off its social media channels was enough to make people go, huh, I want to see how that pans out. Mm-hmm. I mean, that could go very wrong. You could just lose a big chunk of your recruitment in a week or whatever. You might have people trying to get hold of you and they can't. And all of those kind of questions pop into your head. So we knew it would have uh, the sort of, it would get people's attention. But you're right. I think we've seen, and especially in our team, the communications team, as it, I'm sure it'd be in every communications team, in every not just university, but every organisation, but particularly universities because they deal with so many young people. We've seen so many uh, instances of kind of social media storms and flare-ups and the kind of uh, reduction of the space between having a thought and broadcasting that thought has collapsed to almost nothing, that it's kind of, it can be very hard to practice a kind of self-discipline and take yourself away from what could be uh, or could turn into kind of uh, toxic scenarios. So I guess it was a a way of introducing the idea of a break and showing that it's not as catastrophic as you might think. You know, if you've used Instagram every day for the last three years and you've built up a following, you'd think if I took a week off, suddenly all that work's going to disappear. And so in a way it was saying, it's not, the world's going to still be there and actually you'll have time to do things that you might not have done before. So I think it really was, uh, it, it it takes, if it was just one person saying, oh, I'm going to go off social media, people do that all the time. But for a big organisation kind of, that has built a lot of its strategy around social media to do it, we hoped it would kind of inspire people to give it a go themselves because they'd see maybe it's not so bad. Mm. So, you, so you put it out there and uh, that you're going to do it and obviously it captured the attention of, of the sector and the media. What did your students make of it? Did, was, were they on board when you when you put it out there as an idea? Yeah, I mean, we we sort of, there was no enforcing it other than on our own channels. There was no kind of, we wanted X number of students to sign up or anything like that. We hoped the symbolism of the effort might encourage some students to do that. And it was difficult to, to kind of gauge in any metric sense how many did or didn't. We certainly had <laughs> on social media comments from, from students who were sort of saying that they were prepared to do the, the same. And throughout the week, we had a handful of students that we knew were doing it, and they were letting us know, keeping little diaries and things like that throughout the week. And we had a 
uh, one student kind of write a piece for the Times Higher about his experience. So the the kind of iron the ironic thing is that you kind of realize that it's through social media that you would you have the interaction that lets you learn what students are doing mm-hmm. so you kind of need it to see if they're doing a detox but if they were doing that they wouldn't be doing the detox so yeah that's in one move you saw how useful social media is because it was the way that it is the default way in which lots of people but particularly students connect and, and communicate mm. and you mentioned earlier that one of the one of the driving messages behind it was that you know the world won't end if you take a week off and actually you'll have time to do more things. And I think one of the really interesting things about the campaign was that you supplemented it by offering other things for people to do on campus, didn't you? So can you just, for anyone who might have missed it, can you just give me a bit of an overview of some of the things that were going on on campus while social media was switched off effectively? Uh, Yeah, we'd kind of arranged, as I say, we'd developed this new wellbeing initiative brand called Healthy DMU, which in a sense, it just collects together all the all the services that we offer students to um, to kind of keep a check on their physical health, but also their mental health. Coming to university for a lot of people is the first time you've probably had to monitor yourself in that way. If you've if you've grown up, gone through school, college, here you are at university and you're on your own, and you have to start to actually think about yourself in those terms. And am, am I eating well? Am I getting enough exercise? And you might start to see the effects of not getting. Uh, the right amount. So Healthy DMU just is a bunch of things that we offer through the university and on the week um, we'd put on uh, art classes and Tai Chi sessions and um, uh, kind of mindfulness uh, events really as alternatives I guess if you were deciding to go off social media for a week you could come along to these and see other ways to engage your brain, your mind and um, yeah so that we'd kind of we put a bit of infrastructure in place which again I think kind of took it out of the realms of stuntiness uh, and gave it uh, some substance. You didn't make it a proviso that people weren't allowed to tweet about it though did you? Well that's the thing isn't it you kind of uh, you yeah I think exactly that point is is kind of where we saw uh, just how useful social media is because uh, we would love it obviously for students to tweet about all the great experiences they're having which they we're encouraging them not to do because we're turning off the accounts. So it was an interesting uh, thing that kind of a point that was raised. So tell me then how it actually all went. You got to Wednesday the 16th of January, which was when it started. Social accounts went quiet. Then what? We'll be back right after this quick message. Thanks so much for checking out this podcast. It's a brand new show, which means I can legitimately do the cliched podcast thing of asking you for a quick rating or review. It would really help us get our name out there. And of course, while you're doing that, you might as well subscribe too, so you don't miss a beat. You might also like to know that over at the Access platform, we put out a fantastic newsletter at the end of every month. It's full of great reading from around the higher ed sector and it really will brighten up your inbox. Sign up for that and find out all about how our ACE platform will help you attract, convert and recruit more students at theaccessplatform.com or send us your favourite dog gif to at TA platform on Twitter. Okay, back to the show. then how it actually all went you got to wednesday the 16th of january which was when it started social accounts went quiet then what 
Well, interestingly, we'd had in the week before a huge trip to New York mm -hmm. and a thousand students went out uh, to New York and there was uh, about 30 different uh, courses represented. Which is something DMU does regularly, isn't it? Right, so we've got this program called DMU Global and essentially it's uh, a service that offers students international experiences. So they might be doing a course in um, lingerie design through the contour fashion uh, course and they want to go to the headquarters of Victoria's Secret in New York mm -hmm. and you know through a partnership with that company they can go behind the scenes they can you know see how a company like that operates so there's a kind of a, a real world equivalent or real world experience across the the world for almost every student and we've introduced in the last few years these kind of bigger scale ones where we take out a thousand students and this time it was to New York and there's 30 courses, uh, as I say, represented out there, and each of them, each of those courses has their own itinerary, and it will be visits to museums or organisations or, or kind of locations that are relevant to their course. Anyway, the point was that for us is a social media bonanza. I mean, there's like a, a, a team of four or five of us out there trying to cover as much as we can about the day on as many channels, but with kind of embedded with the students on all their trips. And it's just Twitter thread after Twitter thread and there's Instagram takeover. It's just, you know, it's a carnival of content. So it was the right time to kind of, that just ended and then, yeah, we kind of hit the, the button. And, well, for first of all, there's a bunch of social media people in our office who were suddenly like, what do we do now? Well, that was going to be my next, <laughs> next question, really. Like, what what did they do? Well, we, we knew that we we couldn't just ignore it you couldn't just sort of stop do something else go through some emails because fundamentally the basis of communication has changed now and social media is regardless of your opinion of it the communication platform of choice it's the default for a lot of people but particularly young people so you had to monitor because you might have you know people's inquiries people get in touch about all sorts of things there might be people with genuine issues or problems and you might think it would be more sensible to go through i don't know police 101 or you know some kind of mental health uh, outreach team or whatever the problem might be but the default for a lot of people is social media facebook messaging direct messaging on twitter so we knew we had to as a kind of a duty of care keep an eye on these things so there was still monitoring going on but broadly within the team you know there was time to tackle some other projects and I mean monitoring take monitoring is its own job as anyone who works in social media I mean there is now a job uh, where you look at social media all day like five years ago that job probably didn't exist now it's probably you've got a team of two or three in a big organization or more doing that literally looking at tweet deck channels and so on if you don't have to do that yeah you can you can actually free up some time to think about slightly uh new or interesting or bigger projects so there was some good thinking going on that week that's for sure yeah and did did staff sort of get involved and and put, press pause on their own on their personal social media accounts so if you for example did you did you switch yeah, off? yeah i mean i'm not a, a particularly heavy user but i did i know that throughout the directorate almost everyone did the same and why wider than that we had a lot of staff i think a lot of staff who um you just were kind of admiring the position and thought, yeah, cool, my university's doing something a little bit ballsy, a little bit brave, you know, and 
they sort of that admiration led them to to do the same yeah oh, fine i'll i'll stop it and uh yeah we had some interesting feedback throughout the week you know people coming into the office and sort of saying yeah so i've turned my stuff off and as they're talking you know getting their phone out of the pocket and just kind of unlocking it and going what am i doing and putting it back in their pocket you know that kind of stuff that was happening a lot you get people sort of idly just sort of thumbing their thing and, and then going, oh, oh, God, I can't do that. And then, I mean, it's not like we'd said no internet usage. I mean, that would be bananas. Like, can you imagine, like, not Googling an answer of something you didn't know immediately? But, like, yeah, the uh, the sort of inbuilt impulses that a lot of people found they had that they didn't know they had, that was a little creepy, really. Well, it's like that stat, isn't it, about how many times you check your phone during a day? It's 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 a horrendous amount. So, I mean, how did you how did you actually find it overall? I guess both from a personal point of view and and institutionally as well. You know, did just did you miss it? Um, I think institutional wise, the we we missed being able to communicate quickly and widely with students and hearing students feedback come through to us i've made the point a few times so far in the podcast but you your kind of instinct now is i suppose like you you essentially have the ability to google the world through twitter you can put in any search term any hashtag and see what people are doing seeing where they are it's it's remarkable and what's also remarkable is how quickly we as people get used to that revelatory new power it's suddenly like oh that's how the world is now it's fine you can literally find out where someone is and what they're doing and who's talking about this take that away and you sit there going geez i wish we knew more i wish we had more feedback i wish we could tell what was happening and so i guess um that's what we missed that level of almost sort of spooky understanding of the way things are, are in in your little part of the universe but in regards to the sort of information side of social media you know the constant streams of stuff going into your head no absolutely didn't miss that and, and what about from you, were you, I know you said you weren't a particularly heavy social user, but did you did you did you feel a weight was lifted at all? Did you did you have a different well, outlook on life? I obviously as press and PR manager, it's kind of my job to keep an eye on the news, the development, of the news, look for opportunities. You know, what's the kind of news agenda today? Have we got any experts who could comment? I've, by a mile, social media is the best way to get that information quickly in the morning mm. and throughout the day, you know, a quick scan of BBC News or whatever it is. And I think a lot of the times we were kind of asking questions of like, does this count as social media? Is it social media? If I go on the BBC News' feed on their website, is that social media? And you, you could be really anal about it and say yep or no, but essentially you have to admit that you can't get that information that's the whole point you're trying to create space in your mind so yeah i did miss the feel a little bit underprepared most of the time because you're not quite sure what's going on but i think i think that would go i suppose the one thing about this is i kind of wish we'd done it for longer personally i don't think i don't ultimately you know we are a business and social media is a is a huge part of what makes that business work right now and I say right now because 10 years ago it was different. In 10 years' time, it might be different again. Mm. But right now it is. It's kind of essential. Although, having said that, like, oh, is it Weatherspoons? They knocked their accounts on there, didn't mm. they? And, all right, their clientele probably aren't quite as Twitter-savvy as ours. But at the same time, it's it's kind of illustrative that it 
for some organisations it, it might actually be uh, beneficial. But like I say, for our for a university, it, it it's definitely something that we we do need. But a kind of part of me would would like to see what it was like for a month. Then you'd really start to see some behavioural, some cultural changes. Then you'd really start to see whether that stuff was ever important. Did it teach you anything about the value of the university's main social accounts? Do you, do you feel their presence was missed? I know, I know you talked earlier about some feeling like you're missing out on a, that temperature checking. Yeah. But in terms of the value of your contributions into that space... Yeah, OK, this is... And you're probably working up to some last question of what is the great big takeaway. So this is a bit of a preview of what that big takeaway is. But essentially, I think that because social media is is free, it doesn't cost anything to tweet. It doesn't cost anything to put a Facebook status up. It's very easy to basically churn stuff out, chuck stuff out. Because it's like, it's a kind of piece of ass covering in a way. Because if you've, if you've put a tweet out on this thing, it's kind of covered in quotation marks you know somebody an academic phones up and says oh i've got this uh, talk happening tomorrow at 2 p.m is there anyone who can cover it and you know i don't know if that's always been the case do these things need to be covered i'm not sure it's just it's just a talk it's not going to look great on social media oh just somebody go and stick a tweet out it's fine you know that putting stuff out not for the sake of it but a little bit thoughtlessly a little bit without kind of interrogating it essentially not making it Concentrating on quantity, not quality. Stripping up the account away for a week and then going back in. Our first tweet was obviously about the detox. Welcome back. We had a detox. It was great. But then we were like carefully placing each tweet back into the timeline, you know, and thinking, let's keep it neat. Let's keep it. Let's really rethink what we're putting in here. Because, I mean, if each, if each tweet was like a quid, you'd be so much more selective. Mm. And so in a way, it was just, it was like pretend it is because then, you know, you're actually using it a lot smarter and you're not spamming stuff. And because you've got to think of the end user as well. You've got, I don't know, we've got 40,000 followers. That if we and all their other people that they're following are just kind of indiscriminately putting stuff out on Twitter, it's it's kind of contributing to the problem in a way because it's, it's that cascade information into their lives, into their heads that our week off was trying to draw attention to. So I think, yeah, we've certainly been much more selective with how we use social media, uh, a little bit more self, self-aware, self I guess. What I found interesting about it is someone who used to be a social media manager for a university, it's, that social media manager role is often one where it can be difficult to switch off and you know actually achieve some work-life balance because a lot of people will have their work accounts on their phone, they'll be getting push notifications and stuff. Do you think this experiment in some ways might help either raise awareness of that or, or or could even help contribute to sort of changing that for for people in those roles? I hope so. I think, I mean, ultimately, if people paid, if, if anyone saw this, oh, this university in Leicester's turned off their accounts and wanted to try it, I would definitely encourage it. I would definitely encourage it because it will show you, it will show you a lot of things, all the things we've talked about so far. But... Yes, I think I think like if you're in a job which is reasonably high profile and you go home at five o'clock and I don't know, let's say you left your work phone at home and your uh, home phone was a Nokia 3210 and didn't get the internet or whatever, right? Now that would be healthy because you'd go home, you'd spend time in your domestic life with whoever it is that you do that with and you come in in the morning then you'd resume your professional guys 
by taking a smartphone home, you probably have your work emails on your thing, and, and you know a lot of your Twitter things, people that you follow on Twitter or whatever are kind of work related. It's pretty. It blurs that line more than it's ever been blurred. The problem is, of course, you if you do choose to to manually cut out at five thirty p.m. or whatever, you come in the next morning, and one of your colleagues is like, "Oh, I saw this thing on Wonky or whatever. I think it's a really good idea." And you're suddenly think, "Oh, I, I don't know enough. I'm not turned on. I'm not tuned in." You know, and and you'll suddenly feel like professionally you're at a disadvantage with someone who spent the night scanning professional Twitter feeds. Mm. So that. That's really hard to remove, and it and and the thing I guess one thing this did show is like, if you're going to do it, everyone needs to be in on it because if kind of a couple of people aren't, then it's going to make other people feel even if it doesn't matter if it's true or not, it's going to make other people feel kind of left out or like they're at a disadvantage. So you've got to, if you're thinking about it as an organisation, get everyone to do it, and just be disciplined about it because like it's got so many benefits, but it's it, it's going to be hard if only of a few you're doing it, I think. And you mentioned earlier you had one of your students who took part, um, wrote about their experience of it. And broadly speaking, from those students who did switch off with you, what were, what was their feedback from it? Did they did they find it to be a useful exercise? Yeah, I've got um, an interview here I did with a, a guy called Mayhul. And um, he, I think he sort of, he said he was surprised by how much he used it. I think that's something that, uh, yeah, he said it was, um, it was interesting because I didn't think I'd struggle as much as I did. I didn't realise how dependent I was on it until I did this. One lasting change I'm going to make is not checking my social media as soon as I wake up in the morning and at the end of the day before I go to sleep. And it was weird how many people um, took that as, okay, yeah, I'm going to use it because professionally, like I was saying before, professionally, I need it for my work to keep informed or... I'm a student and I want to uh, keep connected. I mean, we, we concentrate so much on being ready for the world of work and we talk about employability and all those kind of things. Fundamentally, if you want to get ahead now, you've got to probably be on social media to see opportunities to connect on LinkedIn to all these people. Mm-hmm. So it's kind of, it's it's such a beneficial thing. I wouldn't recommend cutting it out. But it's weird how many people's sort of their takeaway was, I'm just going to not look at my phone before bed. And I'm just not going to look at my phone when I get up in the morning. I'm going to have a point at like, I don't know, 9pm or something where I just stop it, leave it downstairs and just completely log off the internet from my life. People found that a really nice way of ending their day and going to bed and sleeping well. Lots of people said they slept better. Lots of people Mm. said they just fell into a nice rich sleep because they weren't kind of immersed in a ton of narratives. They were just drifting off. So even if that's all you took out of it, that's still a pretty healthy step. Yeah, and that feels like something, like an achievable balance, doesn't it, between still being connected but but not letting it take over. Was it weird going back into using social media after a week off? Like you said the first one was like, we've done this detox and it was great and, and you've been more thoughtful since, but when you first reactivated those accounts was there a was there a massive feeling of sort of, of fomo of like what have we missed what are we behind on maybe i mean i don't i don't know i'd have to ask the guys who had not been monitoring for or not been uh, doing the usual um, scheduling and so on for a week what that was like to go back into i think from from my point of view and from my team's point of view it was nice to yeah there, there was a little bit of right okay 
scan through the last week's worth of whatever you know, you, it, there's, there's a little party that goes oh, but what, was, what was the point if you're not you have to sort of say theoretically we cut off at this point and we resumed at that point mm-hmm. that's sort of gone but it's really hard to not to give into that impulse to scan back through some stuff and when you think about what you're doing scanning back through twitter feeds that's just ridiculous why are you doing that for but yeah i think there was probably a little bit of that going on so i guess i guess the big question then was it worth it? Yeah, I think it was worth it because it showed us as an organisation how reliant we were on social media. It's exactly what Mail said on a personal level. He wasn't aware he did so much social media. And every time somebody felt their thumb snick their phone, unlock and tap on Twitter and then go, oh, and put it back in their pocket. Every time that happened, every time someone had a thought that they didn't immediately then put on Twitter... Um, every time there was an event that we would have normally covered and instead we went along and uh, did something different and wrote a piece or something. Every time that happened, we realised that this was a good idea because it's highlighted all of those areas. So, yeah, sometimes to actually understand something, it's got to disappear. Joni Mitchell said it a lot more elegantly than that, but, but yeah, the basic idea is stop doing something and you'll realise the extent to which it was... Ah, this is this is going badly. There's a neat way of saying this, but it was yeah. In short, it was a good idea. Okay. <laughs> do you, do you feel like you you have reevaluated how you look at social media now? Do you, do you see it as perhaps more valuable than it was? I think it can be. I think the important point is that because it is, as I said before, because it's free and you can just you can spam. You can send a million tweets out. You can do constant Facebook stuff. I mean, Facebook's quite good at punishing you if you do too much now the algorithms and so on but i think uh but they also prod you if you don't do enough yeah there's a balance yeah there is i think there's a kind of an understanding that uh, we have now as an organization that there is a cost even if there's not a, a, a financial one there's a material cost to what you're putting out you're contributing to a kind of a global noise mm-hmm. and if you're concerned about the mental health of your students who are the consumers of this output, then you should be a lot more thoughtful than you are and really consider the implications, even of 140 words in a picture, when it's multiplied in the way that it so easily can. I think that's the kind of, that's the big sort of takeaway. That's that's the thing that we've seen as an organisation. And as a result, we are, we're kind of using it much more sensitively. Mm-hmm. And you said earlier you you'd recommend other universities giving it a try. How would you How would you feel? One thing I thought of in preparing for this interview was proposing the idea of like a, a sector-wide blackout, maybe on Blue Monday, just to, just for something that everyone in the sector can really get involved with. Do you think something like that could be even more powerful or is it, or is the power actually for each, each institution to do it on their own terms and work out what, do it in the best way for them? It would be cool to see a sector-wide one Almost for the reasons I outlined earlier in in a personal capacity, if ninety five percent of the universities had a, a day or you know a week off, but five percent didn't, would that five percent have an annoying advantage mm. professionally? Would they be able to suddenly snap up a load of students through clearing, or would they be able to just recruit, or what, you know, that sort of? It's got to be everyone, and it would be great if there was enough connectivity in the sectors to to agree that. I don't know if UK could could campaign for that. It would be brilliant to see that. Yeah, 
it probably would only be a day, but I would argue that it's difficult really to get an idea of, because it's about habits, yeah. it's about behavioural psychology, and actually it's difficult to do that in a day, because you've probably, you've probably gone off social media for a day, almost accidentally before. Mm. Give it a week and you'll see, you'll start to see what, it, you know, what you were really doing that you weren't aware of. Or a month, as you were saying. Yeah, I yeah, kind of. I'd love to for a month would be a bit much. Yeah. I guess. I know. Oh, yeah. That's the that's the point. Realistically, it's it's probably not possible. But the longer you can do it, the the more you'll see. So you, you mentioned earlier that I was probably building up to to asking you what what your takeaways were from this, and you're exactly right. That is that is my closing question. So if I had to push you for a, a couple of of big takeaways from this campaign, what what would they be? You use social, doesn't matter who you are, you use social media more than you think you do. Um, and that's been what everybody who took part in this has said. They were surprised by how much they use social media. They were surprised by the reflexive nature of it. And they were also really pleased with what it felt like to cut off at the end of a day. So if there's nothing bigger or more philosophical or, you know, more kind of... Uh, business driven than that it's a simple personal plea to give yourself some time off be disciplined about it cut yourself off i mean i'm not amazing but every night i you know about nine o'clock i put my phone on charge downstairs and i go to bed and we have a kind of a screen free bedroom i totally advise that it feels good it feels nice and like i say you know there's loads that you could talk about about the sector and the use of social media in, in higher education and kind of tactics about recruitment and engagement and blah, 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 blah. Really, just on a personal level, it will feel good to reduce your usage. And by cutting it out completely for a time, you'll be able to really gauge just how big that usage was. Great. Brilliant stuff, Chris. Thank you so much for taking the time to, to chat about this. No problem. Thanks very much. See you soon. You've been listening to Inspiration on Tap, a podcast brought to you by the Access Platform. Our tool gives you an authentic connection to prospective students in the form of chat, content and FAQs. We'll help you attract, convert and recruit more students. Find out more, book a demo or sign up to our awesome newsletter at theaccessplatform.com and come and say hi on Twitter where we're at TA Platform. This episode was hosted and produced by me, Dave Musson, and my guest was Chris Thundow, Press and PR Manager at De Montford University. For more information about the detox and what else DMU is doing to promote mental well-being, check out the hashtag HealthyDMU. Our theme tune and ad music were created for us by Laptop Philharmonic. Find more of his music on Apple Music, Spotify and at laptopphilharmonic.bandcamp.com. Last of all, don't forget to subscribe to this show, Inspiration on Tap, so you never miss a future episode. And feel free to leave us a rating or review, as it really helps. Or, just tell a friend about our show. Or, do nothing at all to help spread the word, but spend the rest of your life living in fear of karma coming to get you if you choose this option. It's your choice. Catch you next time. <laughs>